Hey you, this is your host Gina So, and welcome to Gina's Hour, where we discuss everything from reality to the imaginary, within an hour, or at least we try to. Welcome back to Gina's Hour. I am going to catch you up on... Oh, before that, how are you doing? Um, the weather right now isn't too good. I don't know when you're going to listen to it. Hopefully, it's better than it is right now. It's been raining for like two days. Um, I was expecting it to be sunnier today because it rained the other day. So, you know, miracles don't happen. Um, but to catch you up on what I've been doing... For the past few weeks, I haven't been active here. Is a bunch of really exciting projects, such as you know hackathons, um, and also creating my own moonshot company. It's it was all just really exciting. Um, I was able to collaborate with some of the best people out there. Um, my favorite friends. I mean, all my friends are my favorites, but. These people are incredible, and now they're my friends, so, like, what the heck, you know? Um, but, oh, that was a lot of talking, I can't breathe. Um, but, you know, on that, you know, note, I kind of wanted to talk about hackathons. People did request it a while back, haven't gotten to that yet, haven't gotten to a few others as well. Uh, but you know what, let's go one step at a time, start with hackathons. Um, one of the questions asked by people on Instagram um, was, you know, what the heck is a hackathon? And that's such a good question. Like, thank you for saying that because, like, there's so many, like, I don't know, just stereotypes around hackathons. When someone hears the word hackathon, it's kind of like, you know, like, ooh, ooh, who are we hacking this time? Who are we going to hack, you know? And that's not always the case with um, hackathons. I don't think it's ever the case. Hopefully there aren't hackathons out there to like, you know, let's hack IBM's software. Um, that would be terrible. Um, but yeah, so, oh God, like I can't breathe. Like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Okay, okay. I think my mic was like a bit too loud. I was like struggling. Okay, because uh, I'm like hearing myself really loud. Okay, back on topic. Um, what was I talking about? Yes. So, what the heck is a hackathon? Definitely not something where you get together as a team and try to hack someone's device or whatever you're hacking. No good. What a hackathon is, is you basically are given either a topic or kind of like just a general um, topic about something. It could be specific, general, whatever. For example, artificial intelligence, right? Art artificial intelligence. I can't even speak. AI. Um, and basically, you find a team. Usually, it's like really small groups, like three to four or four to five um including yourself and you basically come up with an idea um in a limited time so under time pressure obviously 
um these people that you work with maybe like straight maybe strangers or your friends uh i think it's up to you sometimes sometimes not up to you it's like randomly like organized you have a limited time some i I think like i believe the in-person hackathons that happened uh before the pandemic were either like 24-hour hackathons or like two-day hackathons like no one has time to host a week-long hackathon but because we're um you know virtual now all these hackathons are actually run for like running for a time of like a week a time span of like a month uh which is pretty incredible um and kind of beneficial if you think about it excuse me um (laughs) oh okay god whoo i need to breathe everyone let's just take a second to breathe breathe in breathe out okay that was a lot of breathing out but you know hopefully you did that with me because um i feel much better now we tend to forget to you know actually breathe like that you know uh if you didn't breathe like that go back and breathe like that and come back here okay (laughs) oh god this mic is like i don't know um yeah so back what back to what i was saying you come up with an idea either put it into like a pitch deck or it could be like a standalone deck and you submit it um sometimes you have to pitch it to investors or you know any judge probably like an expert in the field so like with the you know going with the ai topic yeah maybe they will be like engineers at certain company or you know people who are knowledgeable about that topic and can you know actually recruit be oh be critical (laughs) be critical about um everything so um yeah i think yeah i think that kind of summarizes it and then you know at the end you'll typically like win a prize or something like that uh, win money or i mean now we have like a lot of prizes being just like virtual not virtual money oh, why am i saying virtual like gift cards or like e-gift cards you know kind of like that so yeah um i also wanted to share um going back to the people part like you know meeting people you you might work with strangers like kind of terrifying you know um i kind of want to talk about that so when i started my first hackathon it was actually around ai as well um back in i want to say like october or november i think it was october um that was my very 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 first hackathon and i I had the choice, I was given the choice to select my team members, and I think the limit was, like, five people, I think, yeah, it was five people, I had to choose, like, four other people, and um, keep in mind, this hackathon was actually based in TKS, um, it's a program that, them. ah, it's a program that I am in currently, it's, um, TKS is abbreviation, but, um, it's basically the Knowledge Society. 
they're basically a oh, I'm saying basically a lot no good um it's a habit I need to break <laughs> um yeah so TKS is a high school incubator olympic style accelerator for students who are interested and passionate about learning emerging technologies as well as growing their mindset and getting that boss mentality um and yeah i participated in this program for over over six months yeah over six a little bit over six months so like a full school year um and when I was introduced, like, I went in aware that there will be some challenges like hackathons. And hackathons, when it came to the hackathons, um, by the way, this was when, like, we had virtual sessions at TKS where I would have to head to the city and participate in sessions with, like, 30 other students in the, um, in the room. And we just recently switched over to being virtual because of um the covid rate in new york city um which spiked up and uh that was very unfortunate but you know in my memory when i was coming to like picking the people in my memory i was just like you know this person gave me a great first impression um one of the people actually um person a i'm gonna say um a was very um we had this thing called like a brain pod where you just dump your ideas and like talk intellectually and i was doing that during one of the in-person sessions and i was like this guy is pretty smart like pretty darn smart sounds really smart um he is really serious (laughs) opposite of me um he's always serious and you know I was like, you know, like, why not? So I reached out to him, like, do you want to participate in this hackathon with me? He was like, yeah, totally down. Um, And then I had made a friend over talking about the gut microbiome in one of the brain pods. (laughs) Her her name's actually Danielle. Danielle was featured in the BCI podcast uh, that we had earlier on Gina's Hour. Check that out if you haven't, but she is awesome. She is awesome. She's like a brain nerd, and she knows everything about brains, and, um, she's actually going to Yale this year, so claps for her. I'm really proud of her, but yeah, and I was like, you know what, like, we were talking about the gut microbiome, and she was like, oh, I know that too. I was like, people don't really know about the gut microbiome. And she's like, I know about it, girl. I was like, yeah, we vibing. Um, so I brought her on the team and brought several others. Oh, God. Okay. So there's the thing. And I'm actually going to set this as an... Who is like... This person... Please. No, we know your car is locked. There's this person who clicks their, you know, the lock on their key 12 times. Even though, you know, to like re- reassure herself. <laughs> God, okay. 
someone's gonna think like someone broke into our car because it's like beeping constantly <laughs> um but basically um in the beginning of a hackathon to like meet all your people you have to decide on a pm usually i mean that's how like it should work some hackathons don't guide you to do that uh, which is why I'm kind of like making this podcast so that like you have an idea before you go into your next hackathon and you succeed without going through what I went through. Um, but you need to assign a PM. PM stands for project manager. This person basically is the facilitator of all conversations, meetings, um, knows a little bit about each of the other roles that the other members will be taking, as well as managing, like, the meetings, um, calendars, and things of that sort. So, so like, all the nitty-gritty stuff, like, you just kind of take care of so that everyone can do their own work and be good at it and spend a lot of time doing it. Um, so, yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Um, at that time, I was actually doing another hackathon, um, called digital inclusion that was an international hackathon so one of my friends was actually the pm there and i was really inspired by her and i was like you know mm, i'm gonna try to apply what i know what i learned from her into this hackathon and you know everything went pretty well we had great conversations um but you know uh the lesson that i learned was that you shouldn't, um, I guess it's the same thing from the old book, uh, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, um, yeah, when it came to, you know, picking the dude before, he was really smart, we had a brain pod conversation, uh-uh-uh. you know, someone could be really smart, but they might not be the best fit for you. Um, it's the same thing like this. If you were a company CEO and, you know, you had two applicants for your team. One was a really, really smart coder. And, you know, he had no social skills. Um, he got distracted often. Uh, but, you know, he's like a really, really good coder. Now, on the other hand, the other teammate is, you know, a decent coder, um, but he is really sociable. He has great leadership skills. He is great at just regular things. Um, and, <clears throat> oh God, my voice is cracking, but um, basically he is a communicator. Mm. So your choice is between these two, like which one will you pick? Um most of the people that you know experts that i talk to people who do have teams like this they will go for a person b um the person who is the communicator and is a decent coder um they would say you know as i quote one of the people that i talked to um mahesh from ibm he he said i remember him saying like i don't care if this person is the best coder like i don't care you know as long as a person is able to communicate their thoughts effectively as well as communicate at any times of you know any time that it is quite necessary such as you know confirming that you 
did your job for this week or something like that um it's important to have person b so on that note you know i thought this guy was really smart really sweet and like he would be a great um person to be part of the team uh it was quite the opposite you know this person came onto the meetings yeah didn't miss the meeting but like he would just he would just like be outside or something like that like and then when i ask about like did you do something or i would assign him something as a pm like oh you should do this um he didn't do his job um and that really brings down the whole team as a whole right and that pushes back loads of work um which is no good so now you have a shorter time frame because another person has to cover for him and he really didn't do anything good for the team so moral of the story um be very intentional about what you want from each member if you are the person who is in charge of creating the group and don't always rely on your friends to you know be the great fit for your team um you know they might be your best friends but you if you haven't been in like a working environment with them uh it's better to keep that out of you know keep that separate from your life your other stuff in your life um yeah and you know a working environment you know there could be some fun but if there's too much fun then you won't be too productive so yeah keep that in mind when you're forming groups for hackathons but now i'm gonna move on to another question next question is what do you do during a hackathon so i'm gonna go into in the um depths of what actually happens and what you have to do i know i talked a little bit about like um you have to you know do brainstorming and pitching and things of that sort i'm gonna break that down for you guys so in order first work on team building team dynamic comes first always prioritize that um and also second have a pm right great qualities of a good pm if you you want to check if you would be potentially a really good pm is you need to be able to help others by uh kind of pulling them out of you know like parts where they're always like picking on the small things and not looking at the bigger picture like you need to be self-conscious about that because you might do that as well i do that all the time try to fix that habit and still trying um but you need to be able to do that and also you should be able to kind of like not be off task of not communicating or like checking up with your team members like every day um it could like come off as annoying but like that's literally what a good pm would do even like a startup setting because like technically like how i look at hackathons or like the ones i've been in is like it's basically you prep 
prepping for like um a startup setting it's basically kind of like a startup environment and like minus the money minus the budget because you have no budget (laughs) but yeah and let's see and then the third thing is figure out your timeline so like i look at timeline as kind of like these ground rules you should have so inside the timeline is like immediately sending out calendar invites for the days that you guys decide to meet um, how long you plan to execute these things um, and also having you know like to like tell you some examples of like you know how long you should plan to execute things so one of the things is like having a problem statement by this date brainstorming by this date reaching out to experts for feedback on the brainstormed ideas by this date like you know you need to have this all like lined up and on top of that after you have this kind of like timeline in mind you also want to keep in mind buffer time buffer time keyword buzzword you know keep it in your mind buffer time it's like buffer buffer time is basically like For example, you have a timeline of like two weeks and you have three things to do. And let's say one of the things is like finding out the problem statement. You want to set that by the day one to like day seven. And then you would think about, you know, how am I going to like, how am I going to like make sure, you know, what if like I go over time and like that's going to push back the whole calendar? Well, that's no good. So that's why you have buffer time. Buffer time, I would say like would be like a day or two um, in between just with no plans. That way, if you are behind, you could just take up that buffer time and you wouldn't be suffering from um, your own panicking self, you know, like you don't have to panic about being under time pressure because you basically left your time for, you know, the emergency cases. And, um, you know, turns out, you know, you don't need the buffer time. Well, that's great news for your team. You could save two days and bring what you had to do for the second task, such as like brainstorming, push that forward and you now have like four days of free time after the brainstorming sessions so it's great to have buffer time like even in your own planning um even in my own planning I always have buffer time so that I'm not like rushing to things when you rush you can't think clearly so always have that and I also want to mention that when you're at this point where you're kind of talking about the initial things with your team, it's important that you kind of set standards as well as um, from a PM perspective, kind of be strict when it comes to deadlines. Like um, even make it clear that like, you know, like I guess like start with defining your team's culture. Um, one thing that I always talk about when it comes to team culture is like, it's okay to call each other out. And obviously it has to be, you know, valid reasons. Uh, for example, calling out like everyone like thinks it's like, you know, kind of like, 
snitches get stitches kind of idea but you know this is like totally different when it comes to like a hackathon setting like you have every right to like call someone out as long as like it's valid so one example um remember that dude that i was like oh he's really smart from the ai hackathon yeah um i was a bad pm and i didn't call him out earlier when he was showing those symptoms of laziness um i called him out i was like you know hey like do you have anything to say to us um after the hackathon ended which was kind of like too late but also like you know he 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 should have saw it coming and then he was like he apologized and explained and you know um but i kind of did it too late either way i thought it was only good for me like because i was really stressed because of him um but turns out like everyone was stressed and you know that really helps bring the team back together like everyone was actually thanking me for doing that even though it was really late they're like you know like you took such a burden off of our shoulders and we don't need to really worry about it anymore um so yeah like tip tip number i don't know (laughs) um call people out when you see something and that way it's actually really helpful for them because they might not be really conscious about that as well as like you know that's basically you saying like let's keep each other accountable kind of thing and i hear the ice cream truck coming anyway and next thing is going into actually the project and looking at the logistics so you know researching uh hopefully all your team members are really good at researching have like basic researching knowledge such as reading like primary um secondary scientific articles and really being able to understand what the heck they're trying to say in like really complex wordings um so i mean when it comes to like science articles i think that really is more applicable for um hackathons that are more like tech-based you know looking for you know the criteria is basically asking you to flesh out the technical parts of an idea or something like that um so yeah that's really important also even having like prior knowledge to ai or whatever the topic is on like blockchain quantum um iot or like even uh synthetic bio like that is a plus plus like you are kind of set like you save so much time um and if you know if you're like you know participating in such a hackathon such a mm, i can't talk um (laughs) If you know that you're participating in a hackathon and you know what the topic is, just study it before you go in. It doesn't have to be like long. You can watch like a TEDx video and um, learn a little bit about it, but not too much if you don't want to. But um, why this is helpful is because right after researching, now you're going to have to or you should have a session where you just gather around um, either in person or on Zoom call and you basically like do brain dumps brain dumps like you just talk about everything everything that's on your mind it could be crazy um so when you're idea generating um you don't want to be too like practical you could be over the line like it could be something really really crazy and you're like uh yeah that's not gonna happen but it's important that people like let that out first um 
and yeah I have this thing called like a parking lot where basically if someone like has a really crazy idea you still write it down you still write it down somewhere I use notion you still write it down and um speaking of notion notion is like the best platform to be collaborating I know like google docs is one but google docs is one but like notion mm, mm, notion is the best um so easy to collaborate you can make like hundreds of pages inside a page and just organize everything so yeah 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 and then um what was I doing around yeah and then the parking lot idea the whole thing around it is like kind of to also emphasize that you know you are listening to each other um even if these ideas are really crazy and you don't implement it you still want to make sure like you kind of tell the person or imply in your actions that like yeah I care about what you say and I will listen to it and this is why I'm writing it down um and worst case scenario like when you come to brainstorming and like turns out midway you're like oh this is not going to work and your team is like panicking you have something to lean back on like basically it's your plan b c d and e like just all just ready for you so you don't really need to like um worry about anything basically but you should still worry since like you know if you're halfway that's like kind of bad but you know don't worry um having that parking lot is a lifesaver next once you have an idea and you settled on it and it kind of hits like most of the criterias um this is not when you go like okay guys we're gonna go to the next step do technical um fleshing out and things like that sort that yes that comes after but you missed a step and that step is actually reaching out to anyone you know or random strangers um that sounds weird but like yeah random strangers about you know your idea like is it feasible do you think it will work would you use it like kind of like that so i mean there are two things you could do um this might the second one might come later but it's also okay to ask now so when i said like would you use it it's like you're looking to see your target customer base like would this be like if this was actually deployed like would people actually want to do it like that would be great or great validation for when you talk about like the business incentive around um you know why your product is great or why your idea is great um and the first one is that like you should ask a bunch of experts because uh, i have to tell you like you probably don't know anything about the technical process like these experts know so much than you like you have like a hundred blind spots and these people could like open up a new perspective in 99 ways um so yeah like they see what you can't see so it's very important to reach out to people um i actually thought this kind of strange to do in like the earlier stages of the hackathon or your timeline um but it was so helpful so you know i never really did that until actually the moonshot company um hackathon i guess you could call it um my team was basically using micro technology to detect and basically just target 
um, cancerous tumors right at the source. And we called this Moonshot Company. Moonshot Company is actually just referring to like a company that will probably be a thing in five to ten years. So you're kind of like looking into the future um, and you're assuming that the current technology is going to um, constantly exponentially improve by then when your company will exist. So then your technology will be feasible as long as you have a good approach to it. So to explain uh, my company, Micronaut, uh, further, these microbots or micro-robots will be stored inside your bloodstream and will actually flow through your body, which is why we kind of like unlock the new era of flowables from wearables like Apple Watches. And, you know, these are just going to like chill and flow through your body and detect, you know, like any, you know, weird symptoms or things of that sort so you don't really need to go to the doctor anymore and you'll be treated right there at the spot because these micro robots will carry um cancer therapeutics that uh, therapeutic agents that you know you really need um so the approach to why we're putting it in the bloodstream is that you know um so that we could pick up you know cancer biomarkers and these biomarkers are actually um, produced because um, when the cell goes, the cancer cell goes to um, apoptosis or death, you know, death of the cells, kind of like shed or something like that. Um, those tissues or, you know, the cells will be released into the bloodstream. And this is actually how liquid biopsies work. Um, they pick up on these biomarkers. So, um we were communicating this to uh an expert and the expert uh, expert the expert and um basically he was like hmm i don't know if nanobots are the approach because like they're actually too small and when they're too small um, they cannot deliver the most efficient amount of fuel or um, therapeutic agent that you really need to kill the cancer. So maybe take the approach with micro robots. Um, and we're like, oh, we never thought of that because we never really thought about like, you know, like size, like obviously we thought about size, but like not like that deeply. We're like, you know, like that should be okay. Like they're called like nanobots, like what are they for? Um <laughs> But, like, from a scientific perspective, it was like, no, it's not going to work. So, we're like, okay, like, we have to switch it up. So, we switched that up last minute as well. Um, and turns out, like, we don't really hear about, like, microbots a lot. We always hear about nanobots. Um, probably because they're small in size and they're more, like, capable, I guess. But when it comes to, like, delivering agents, it's like, microbots are the way. So, we're like, okay, yeah, like, we didn't know about that, but things are telling us, you know? So yeah, you always want to be able to reach out to these people. How I reached out to these people were through LinkedIn, um, also just searching them up, um, family connections, and yeah, really simple. Um, compile like a general message about your project and then either ask questions directly there or say like, can we get on a call? Get on a call with them. Um, send that out to like literally like, more than 30 people or like 50 people um some of them will maybe respond um down the line and some will respond right away 
people who respond down the line would be the people who will look at kind of like your final process and final like thought processes um compared to the ones who reply earlier and you could just ask them about your initial thing um because this is when you kind of get feedback on like is this the right approach and is this the good solution and they will be honest with you um i remember getting on a call with this professor and he was kind of like really aggressive and i was like oh god i'm really scared but he gave us the honest opinion and also kind of made our solution better so you know like strict people uh straight to the point people honest people are the key to making your solution the best solution out there and people don't really like leverage this but like we have a great community just ask people just be brave enough to ask people um and once you do that you're kind of sad basically (laughs) but yeah so feedback is very 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 important um sometimes like if people can't really give you feedback like live uh take use like loom.com um if you're a student you have like unlimited um what is it unlimited like storage or like time to record yeah and then you could just record a loom send it to them and just get them to give you general feedback um yeah so and then on the line of reaching out to people um getting their validation on your idea and then like kind of bringing that into the pitch board or like whatever deck you're setting up is actually really mm, really strong so i think for the digital inclusion um hackathon we were it the topic was around ed tech so uh, my team decided to do create a program called picture book which translates um text or sound to images um for targeted towards um esl learners or you know even anyone who's trying to learn a new language but doesn't want to be like kind of want to be tested like you don't want um direct translation like you kind of want to like hear them while like looking at a picture and like oh this is what it means like you know um i don't know <laughs> uh that might be approach that might not, not be but like for esl students like a lot of these teachers who we talk to basically our customer base they're like you know this will be actually really helpful because like already these like teachers are actually taking like a great amount of time out of their like you know their time that they have basically um and their time out of their day to just bring together pictures for these esl students who look at while she's speaking or he's speaking so we're basically shortening that right we're we're already giving you the pictures you don't need to prepare them especially in a virtual environment like these students have been struggling and we also talk to esl students currently and past students who've struggled and we're like you know this would really be a great idea so that's like our validation and we also got validation um from a government member and that was really amazing so like that really stood out in our pitch because that shows that you know like experts in the industry also validate it and the customers love it so yeah if you have time for that like that's amazing so do that um and when it comes to the pitch uh i'm just gonna point out one thing because because like i could go on and on and on 
but like it's kind of repetitive so the one thing i want to point out when it comes to like putting together your pitch deck is visuals are so important and also like literally minimum words like the four four words like not even sentences like maybe one sentence to summarize what your deck is about so if you're talking and like they're looking at the deck they can read that one sentence and be like oh this is like the tldr of um this deck like basically what the person's trying to tell me um but visuals are like key like if you don't have good visuals or like even a prototype a visual of your prototype it's like you're out (laughs) always having like a team member who's good with visuals or you know anything like that who could like draw at least uh that's a plus have them focus on that for like a week the last week of the hackathon or like i don't know like a good amount so that like you guys could really emphasize that and when you talk it's like more understandable because these people could look at it i actually was the person to do that and a lot of my hackathons i drew everything and people were like um and the, actually the judges weren't just regular judges they were actual investors like angel investors uh, engineers um and professors at you know mit um stanford and other really amazing top tier universities and they were just like wow like wow like who did this and like this is such a good thing or a good habit to kind of build because um when you even go in these like working industries when you communicate with each other your co-workers you always kind of need to like draw and show that you know this is what i'm thinking so people are like wow okay like i get it i get it so and then I kind of upgraded to animating my picture. So I would draw every frame and like show the process happening or like breaking apart the actual product. Like that is really helpful for the people to actually understand. And they're like so invested in your your pitch overall. So having like a wireframe mock-up or even hand drawings of your prototype is important. So keep that in mind. And um I think the most important thing about visuals is that it shows that your product or idea is feasible. Feasibility is like the number one thing when it comes to um, building your idea. If it's not an idea that is pretty feasible, um, then, you know, you lose. You basically lose. Um, Yeah, I think feasibility is like the most important thing when it comes to like criteria of hackathons. Um and when it comes to like finding the pitch person like usually we start like pointing pink uh like fingers or like yeah you you should do it you should do it i don't want to speak like you know but actually like i was that person where i was like i i can't do it like guys trust me like i will not be the best best um pitch spokesperson you cannot trust me um (laughs) and you know, at one point, I was like, you know, like, F it, I'm gonna do it, and once you do it, and you practice for it, and you know what you're talking about, it feels very great, and also, it's some, it's an addition to your portfolio, so, like, why not do it, and actually, I think the reason why, like, my speaking skills have increased, like, I had an insecurity about speaking, because I would not be the best speaker, um, the reason why that increased, um, being able to speak comfortably is because, you know, I do things like this podcast and even doing pitches and, you know, talking to a bunch of people and it's just like, it's natural to me now. And I'm so happy that I was able to really break that barrier and 
pitch because um it only did good to me um it was never a bad experience like even if it was bad experience like that's for me to learn that's not for me to fear my next opportunity to speak on a project that I am proud that I am proud to work on god I can't speak still but you get the point (laughs) um literally can't speak and says she could speak um but I I feel more confident about speaking I guess like I don't have to be the best person to speak anywhere but um I'm confident about what I say so like that's that's the most important thing um you don't want to be not confident I think this whole thing about hackathons really makes me confident um I feel much more confident about working with strangers basically I know what to say um I learn to be a better listener um because I talk a lot obviously I could go on and talk about this thing for an hour how could I not be a sociable person but you know like you you start to like just back off and like listen to everyone and just admire that they're so smart and you're like I can't believe I'm working with these people and by the end of the hackathon you actually like whether you have a bad experience or a good experience like if you have a good experience it's much better but like you get to appreciate the people and it it sometimes gets really emotional um because you've been working with these people for like three weeks or like two weeks in a row and you've been seeing their faces great i was talking about an emotional moment of course the ice cream truck has to come in but anyway um featuring the ice cream truck oh god um I wish I could just cancel out all the background info. Um, info. What am I saying? Background noises. Um, but I can't do that. Um, this mic isn't like that. This is not capable of doing that. But basically, what I'm trying to say is like, you feel really appreciative of these people. You're like, God, they like really put up with me for the past three weeks, and you're just like, Oh God, like these people are actually my best friends. And when you do like make a good first impression because it's gonna be my last words on hackathons but if you make a really good impression to someone like they will want to work on future hackathons with you and they will be the ones bringing you opportunities so like if you weren't like productive you weren't showing up to meetings on time like on time and you weren't a good team member like no one's going to work with you ever and you know when it when it comes to like a working environment you could be fired really easily and you won't be able to find your next job like that's how serious it is so always making that first impression is really important even in a hackathon setting um i was able to work with the same people for like i think around like two or three hackathons straight and we were able to nail it so always make your great first impression be like in charge of your role or whatever you are and make the best out of it um because it's really important that you you like really you know discover like what you are and who you are on a deeper level i think hackathons make you think deeper um I wasn't able to like really get to know myself before hackathons but you know when you do this you start to like realize how you interact with other people and it becomes a really important um, part of you once you do a lot of hackathons you're like hackathons are really fun um, a lot of people fear hackathons but hackathons are are, are you know they're the thing you're missing right now so if you're listening to this um don't fear hackathons um also like i know i like talked a lot about hackathons around the tech 
um industry but like there are so many hackathons around like policy as well and if you're interested in that like go for it but if you're more of a stem person like me go for it just search online like you know any hackathons in your city or you know virtual remote ones it it will be worth it also like most of these hackathons are free um you might have to pay for some of them but i would recommend like pay for it if you're um if you have done like three or more hackathons before because like when you basically when you make when they make you pay for something it's like yeah the prize is really big um and it's a large commitment for like a month or so so like keep that in mind when you do it when i did most of my hackathons i like cleared out my schedule um on top of school so it was a tough thing but you know it's part of my identity now like and i've met so many amazing people throughout the way um and i connected with people like across the globe which is pretty amazing basically kind of like having a pen pal (laughs) um so yeah like i think the biggest thing i got out of doing uh, many like 67 hackathons is that people are amazing like you really appreciate that and you it just motivates you to work with them in the future and it feels great to have um these people become your future founder friends and people you text every day um people you didn't know even existed like it's the same thing as like finding your classmate in school but like when it comes to hackathons you meet more awesome people because like in schools when you do projects it's just like yeah it's a project for a grade but when it comes to hackathons people do it because they're passionate about the problem that you need to solve and it's such a different environment and it's so different from school like I literally cannot go back to school and do group projects because I've already experienced this um I remember like my biggest like pet peeve now is like people being late to meetings I was doing like one group project in school and people were late I was like oh my god like because like all these people that I worked with for hackathons were so on time like they were like 10 minutes early to the meeting I was like god like this feels good because like you don't need to wait for anyone so yeah like (laughs) it's really funny how hackathons have changed my mindset and like just my habits in general so yeah I'm I'm happy about it overall like I I don't regret anything that like I've done um I'm like actually proud of myself um not to sound egotistic but I'm like proud of myself for growing myself growing what am I saying Uh, I'm trying to get emotional I can't speak (laughs) what am I gonna do at like a Grammys award if I ever get there like oh like thank you like what am I gonna say (laughs) um but basically basically oh my habits yeah um hackathons haven't fixed that one but hopefully it does I don't think it will I just gotta stop saying it um I forgot what I was saying I need to go back oh I was basically saying (laughs) I'm so proud of myself for coming this far and really pushing myself to grow for the past few months when I was working on many hackathons and projects with a bunch of people I'm so grateful to still have these people in my life because they make my life so much better I have people to like talk to about really nerdy stuff like my school people wouldn't want to talk about things like that with me like these people are like my writer dies now so like really like you don't know who you will meet um so just give it a try you know 
um also like challenge yourself if you have like really close friends and you want to do it for one of the hackathons just challenge yourself to not go in there with your friends and just meet strangers and try to work out things with them i don't guarantee that you'll have the best experience with these people but um because i did not i had like really some of them are really bad some of them are really good so you know just like keep that in mind like don't you know set too high of expectations for yourself or other people um get to know them and you know see if they're right for you but yeah that's where i'm gonna end my podcast today this was kind of long i hope this is not over an hour because that kind of defeats the purpose but if you made it to the end of this podcast make sure um if this is the type of content you are looking for all your life make sure to follow gina's hour on the platform that you're listening to and check out the description box for um my socials as well as any resources for you in terms of the hackathon uh, i know one of my friends from the knowledge society created a template um for pms and like what you really need to do what you need to have so if that is an interest of something you're looking for to become the next pm of your next hackathon and check out how you could succeed at your next hackathon um other than that probably going to be posting kind of more often but do have ap's coming up so uh we'll keep in touch okay we'll keep in touch okay i will see you